0: This is the Recap, a review of the day's news in the Tri-States area for Friday, January 19, 2024. With Tri-States Public Radio News, I'm Mike Murray. A Chicago area man was sentenced to 12 years in prison for a house party shooting in Macomb last year. Tri-States Public Radio's Rich Egger reports.
1: 26-year-old Damon Wilson Jr. will have to serve 50% of that sentence, plus one year of supervised release. He pleaded guilty to second-degree murder in the death of 26-year-old German Bethia of Chicago. Ten others were wounded, including Wilson. The shooting happened at a crowded house party in the early morning hours of March 25th last year. In videos played during Thursday's sentencing hearing, you can hear the sound of shots fired in rapid succession. McDonough County State's Attorney Matt Quakala called it a pointless act of violence.
0: You heard the shots. I mean, bam, 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 bam. You know, these things happen so quickly, but what happens afterwards lasts forever.
1: Thirteen shell casings from Wilson's firearm were covered at the scene. His attorney asked for probation for Wilson, citing numerous strong character references and his clean record. But Judge Nigel Graham decided prison time was appropriate. He said Wilson got drunk and shot up a house party. Rich Egger reporting.
0: A working group dedicated to preserving and enhancing local news in Illinois is out with its recommendations. Illinois Public Radio's Alex Degman reports. The Local Journalism Task Force was created in 2021 to study the danger of growing news deserts formed when local news departments close up shop. Democratic State Senator Steve Stottleman, a former TV news anchor, chairs the task force. He says Illinois has lost more local newspaper reporters than any other state. An informed citizenry is essential to the health of our local governments, reliable information, is becoming endangered and too often misinformation on social media is taking its place. The task force recommends, among other things, tax incentives for media companies to hire more reporters. Stadelman expects to introduce legislation in a few days. I'm Alex Dagman. Illinois is awarding a $10 million grant to help expand a cancer treatment center in southern Illinois. The Southern Illinois Healthcare Cancer Institute in Carterville opened in 2015. The grant funding will help pay for more exam rooms, offices, a larger waiting room, and more blood transfusion stations. Low-income Iowans might be eligible for some help with their heating bills. A federally funded program is helping cover the costs for renters and homeowners again this winter. Iowa Public Radio's Zachary Oren-Smith reports. The Low-Income Home Energy Assistance Program partners with local agencies that will cut a check to utilities like MidAmerican Energy to lower the financial strain that comes with higher winter heating bills. Chris Ackman is the communications director for one of those agencies, the Hawkeye Area Community Action Program or HACAP.
1: The whole point of the program is basically to provide a credit towards individuals heating bills so that they don't have to worry so much about that during the wintertime when it gets cold like it is now.
0: To qualify, household income must be at or below 200 percent of the federal poverty guidelines. For a household of three, their annual gross income must be $49,000 or less. I'm Zachary Oren-Smith, IPR News. Health providers in Iowa say they're seeing an increase in cases of frostbite as temperatures have plummeted in the state. Iowa Public Radio's Natalie Krebs reports.
2: Jolyn Schneider is the nurse manager of the University of Iowa Burn Treatment Center. She says they've received dozens of calls about frostbite in the past few days. Schneider says Iowans need to take precautions to keep their fingers
3: and toes covered while outdoors. Often the more distal parts of us, so our fingers, toes, so the parts further away from our heart, fingers, toes, ears, nose are the ones that are more susceptible because they also have smaller vasculature, right? So... The, once those vessels start to get cold and we're not getting blood flow through there, that's when the injury starts to happen.
2: Snyder says that those who think they have frostbite should seek immediate medical attention to minimize damage. I'm Natalie Krebs, IPR News.
0: Iowa Board of Regents President Mike Richards has announced he is stepping down from the position. Sherry Bates will serve as the interim president until the board holds a new leadership election. Richards plans to stay on the board for now and resign at the end of April. He has served on the board that oversees Iowa's public universities since 2016. In a statement, Richards did not say why he is resigning. Iowa Republican state senators have advanced a bill that would prevent cities and counties from banning conversion therapy. It's a discredited practice that aims to convert people to being heterosexual or cisgender, and many states have banned it for minors. Davenport and Lynn County banned conversion therapy. And Waterloo repealed its ban last year after being threatened with a lawsuit by a Christian conservative group. Chuck Hurley is a lobbyist for the family leader. He says Waterloo's ordinance infringed on the First Amendment. So I think it's unwise to um, encourage any municipality in Iowa to pass something that they're going to lose on the First Amendment. Um, Incur costs,
2: lose, not, not a good idea.
0: Hurley says local attempts to ban conversion therapy also go against the state's power to license therapists. LGBTQ rights advocates say conversion therapy is very harmful and that the bill would encourage it. In today's feature, a dream that was decades in the making is inching closer to reality as the finishing touches are underway on Galesburg's new 68,000-square-foot public library. And it's nearly time to get down to the nitty-gritty of moving the library's collections to the new space. Tri-State's Public Radio's Jane Carlson tells us how that will happen.
2: The new library takes up an entire city block on West Main Street, and construction is now in the home stretch. Carpet is down on the first floor, walls are painted, light fixtures are hung, tile is going up in the bathrooms, and the fireplace is installed. Weather permitting, the roof should be finished soon, then the solar panels can go in. Bookshelves should be installed in early February, and Library Director Noel Thompson says
3: then it's time to start moving. At this point, the plan is to start February 8th, starting with our DVDs. They will move first, and then we'll do a section at a time of the library, and, and that'll take us all the way through the middle of March.
2: Thompson says as collections move, the current library will remain open through the end of February. It's a leap year, so its last hurrah will be February 29th. The current library on East Simmons Street is about a five minute walk from the new library and was meant to be a temporary location after Gelsberg's Carnegie
3: Library was destroyed by fire in 1958. This building's been, you know, open for 62 years and people have really fond memories of of their time here. So um, we'll be doing something special that day as well to, you know, say goodbye to this building and then leap into the new one on leap day.
2: Thompson says there is not a specific opening date for the new library set. The target is early April, but there are a lot of moving pieces, and the staff has a lot to learn.
3: We want to be really successful when we reopen. We want to know where our materials are. We want you know, our all of our technology to be functioning. We want our staff to feel really confident in the new building.
2: The library plans to announce the April soft opening date in mid-March, with an official ribbon-cutting and celebration to follow. Thompson says there are resources available while the library is closed books checked out from now until the library's temporary closure won't be due
3: until April 15th. We really want to encourage people, if you don't have a library card, get that signed up before February 29th as well, because that's going to give you access to some of our digital databases.
2: With a library card, patrons have access to 2 ebook services and a streaming TV and movie service that has unlimited children's content. Also during the March closure, patrons will have free access to Ancestry.com. In addition, the library card will allow them to use other area libraries. Thompson says she's most excited about the new library having more space to be a community hub where people can feel welcome and access the information and services they need. She says it could introduce new ideas about what a library can be and inspire people to dream about what the next big community project could be. 4 million dollars was raised locally for the project to supplement a 15 million dollar grant from the Illinois State Library.
3: The fact that So many people came together because they believe in the core mission of the library. That's inspiring as well.
2: While a company was hired to handle the move, Thompson says there will be a book chain on March 4th where local students will be passing books down the road from the old library to the new. I'm Jane Carlson.
0: In the weather for our listening area. We have a wind chill advisory in effect until noon today, and then another wind chill advisory that comes into effect at 6 this evening, lasting till noon on Saturday. Mostly sunny and cold today, with a high near 6 degrees. Wind chill values could be as low as 15 below zero. Northwesterly winds around 15 miles an hour could gust up to 25 miles an hour at times. And for tonight, mostly cloudy skies with a low around 7 below zero. For TSPR News, I'm Mike Murray. Tri-State's Public Radio is part of the NPR Network.